is Tipton Golf Coach Heath Hesse, and you are listening to the Coach's Corner Podcast. Coach's Corner Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Stonebreaker. Thanks for listening. On today's episode are Tipton Swimming Coach Whitney Gears, Tipton Volleyball Coach Amy Collender, Tipton Football Coach Mark Langenfeld, Wilton Football Coach Ryan Hetzler, and North Cedar Football Coach Adam Haydenfeld. Thanks for listening. Let's get started. Welcome back to the Coach Corner Podcast. We're catching up with Tipton swimming coach, Whitney Gears. The Tigers have two meets under their belts this week. Coach, welcome in. Good morning, Ryan. We have to talk about Fairfield. We have to talk about Davenport North. Before we do that, how are things going? Good, good. We've had a show. Well, homecoming week's always a busy week. Um, the girls are involved in a lot of activities, um, whether it be band, being on the court. They're, we have musical practice going on, um, cross-country meets. So, um practices are a little little different this week just because there's either a small amount or we change the times of practice um, so we only had really this is only our third practice this week we had meet monday and then meet thursday so tuesday and wednesday and wednesday was definitely shorter because of the of the pep rally you guys traveled down to fairfield you won that duel 90 to 76 you guys uh were four and two coming into that if i remember right maybe maybe yeah. after that somewhere in there before and two was uh um, so five and two, I yeah. believe, off of the Fairfield duel. We have run through some of the results here. Relays again were pretty w- well uh, swam, I should say. I, I don't know, it's not the wording, but I mean, you guys did well in the relays. Yeah, yeah. Um, the relays have always, not always, but they've been really strong last year and this year, and um, and that's our that's our goal. Remember, heading into regionals and the state, that those are the ones that we're going to push for, um, and I want to see them improve in there. 200 medley relay with Allie Anderson, Maddie Swick, Ryan Hayford, Zoe Stonebreaker. One and two of seven seventy four. The free relay, the two hundred free relay. The Tigers won that one fifty four fifty with Hayfler, Anderson, Swick, Stonebreaker, and the four hundred free. Same girls, different time four twelve thirty three. You guys also had um, a third place uh, relay finish in the two hundred free with Corinne Mannergast, Alicia Branick, Kaylee Clark, Sarah Webb, and two thirteen fifty six. And you know some of those names are new. You guys are. At full strength. Yeah, yeah. Um, Monday was the first time we were able to have um, all the girls swim, um, and Thursday as well. It was nice to have have a have some different options for the relays and and get those girls in the water. This is kind of fun. You know, we talked about last week about how there's a few new newbies to uh, the the first place line of the results. Um, you know, Kaylee Clark's won uh, an event here this year. Uh, 
last last week at Fairfield, she won the 200 free, 231.12 for Kaylee Clark, and uh, you know she's one of those gals we had talked about last week about you know working hard, and she's getting some results from that. Excuse me, Ryan Hafler, Zoe uh, Stonebreaker won the 200 IM, and Zoe won the 53. You know, we took everything, it looks like, here, except for the 100 breast. Yeah. Kaylee Clark, you know, 630, she's yep. pushing to break 630 pushing, yeah. now. Mm-hmm. Um, and the 500, Allie Anderson, uh, trying her best to get under a minute and 103. She's getting there. Uh, you know, it's not always the... the right here right now it's where you want to be yeah yeah and and girls have some girls have made comments of well i'm not getting faster i'm not getting faster and but it's hard to get faster in this part of the season this is because we are so tired we're working them really hard we're getting a lot of yards in when we can um so to see them stay consistent is where is is fine and that's what we want we would want to see if they get if they're improving times great but if they're consistent that's really what what matters right now as we're getting all these yards in and then um when we get time for the end of the season for taper, that's where we'll see the time drop. You know, it's funny. A lot of the girls, you know, I hear it too. I hear that, you know, and um, sometimes they forget. They've been through these seasons. They know that. But, you know, when you get a year older and you're getting a year closer to being done with swimming here at Tipton or going to be entering, you know, maybe a last year, the following year, you know, maybe you start hearing the clock tick a little more and maybe you're starting to be uh, like, well, you know, what you have and what you can be with a kid, you never know if they're going to get that perspective sometimes. Yeah, and, and some of the older girls have, have felt that way since the beginning of the season. They, even just talking about how this is your last, when we had our first when we had our first home meet, someone had made the comment to one of the seniors that this is your last first home meet, you know, and it was like, wow, and, and they didn't think of it that way, but yeah, it's, you know, we are now getting into the last month of, of the season, and um, those upperclassmen, it's 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 um, it's that time. Sarah Webb won the hundred back in one seventeen eleven. Runner up in the hundred free one oh eight seventy six. And Sarah's had some nice swims here down the stretch too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's really improving. She's working on some of her um, her skills and her backstroke and her freestyle. She wants to get she wants to drop some time in those, and she's she's focusing on that on their technique and and the little things that she needs to get better. Here's an example, I think, of what you're trying to say, too, you know, with time versus place. Uh, Karen Vandergaff, second place finish, 142.27. Yeah, that might be the, a time for uh, uh, another meet another time, but, you know, a second place finish for Karen yeah, does, does a mm-hmm. leap and bound just yeah. for her uh, progression. Yeah. Let's turn our attention now to Davenport North. You guys went over to the... I don't know what YMCA it is, but you guys swim at North, the... North YMCA, I think that's what it's actually called in Davenport, yeah. The one attached to the school, it's kind of a nice YMCA, I think. Yeah. The, the pool is... Uh, it's is... the eight-lane pool, um, yeah. We ended up winning 10 of 11 events there, and another dual win, so two known duels this week, so that's exciting. And um... Yeah, and, and yeah, well, 12 girls again, so we were able to have... Um, three relays in the medley and in the free relay and it was nice to just have all of the bodies in the water instead of some sitting out to the side and cheering them on. You guys mentioned about, you know, I I kind of think it's like track. You train through meets because at some point you have to taper and, you know, that's where the, the, the boost comes at the end, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's where we're at now. Yeah, we're definitely there. It's just, it's a long week with homecoming and, yeah, and, and they, um, 
to have two meets. So now we have almost we have over a week off. So that'll give us some time to recover and get some more yards in. But again, yeah, still pushing for the regionals with me. Relays, we took all three of those, but I think we're going to talk about some of the individuals here. Um, Kaylee Clark won the 200 free, so two for two this week. 227.50, I believe that's, yeah, that's faster than yep. her, her time just four days earlier. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Brittany Ford yeah, won the 200 IM. I mean, that's kind of cool. She hasn't, I don't think she's won the 200 IM this season. But yeah, maybe. she has, yeah. Oh, yeah, I apologize. But her, okay. and, her and Allie, Allie went Allie one has and not two. Swam it this year, so she was. She, she was a little nervous for it, but I said this is a good meet to try it and see where we're at. And we were, and Coach and I were pleasantly surprised, you know, and um, she's fully capable of, of doing all four strokes and improving in that. What's awesome was that looked like a good race, you know, a yeah, few second they difference. Yeah, they did, they did. They wanted, at first, before the meet started, they were like, can we swim next to each other instead of, you know, opposite, la- or uh, up one lane apart from each other, just so they could have that race feel. And it's hard when you don't swim next to somebody. Did they allow that then? No, they, they, they oh. did. <laughs> But that's okay. Well, what would have been funny is if they would have... I know, it probably would have disqualified if you would have went under the... Yeah, the oh yeah, definitely. And, definitely. Yeah. Anyway, Maddie Swick won 100 Butterfly, 103.75. Um, 100 Freestyle, I guess we uh, didn't have somebody in the Freestyle. I'm sorry, we did. I'm sorry, I, I missed saw that. I saw it. Um, Ryan Hayfler broke a minute again on the yep. 100 free, 59.66. Alicia Branick in there as well. In third place, Kaylee Clark won the 500, 6.36.06. And Sarah Webb won the backstroke. She's getting closer. She broke 110, 109.66 on that. So, yeah, it's a, it's a good meet. You know, Davenport North one of those teams that um, we should beat. Yeah, yeah, they they are a much smaller team than us, and you know the girls even made that comment right away. Of, there is a smaller team than us, and yeah, there's a smaller team than us. You know, they I think they only had six or seven girls. One of the girls counted, and um, so they knew mentally that they should that they should win um, strictly because of the numbers. You know, kind of in our situation when we swim against the really large teams, and just because of numbers, it's really hard to win meets without the numbers. And I, I I've been there before, and I know what it feels like to be that Davenport North team and what that's like to have less numbers. Final score is 153 to 94. So we're kind of in a neat little part of the schedule too. We talked earlier about, oh, what's Monday? Because it seems like the last two or three weeks it's like Monday comes, it's either Fairfield or Waynesburg, and that's the schedule. I'm not complaining. But it's one of those things it's like, oh, you get into a rhythm, and then when it doesn't happen, you kind of forget. It's like you knew that. But then it's like, oh, it's like a Christmas gift or something. Yeah, yeah, it was really nice. I had just had to double-check the schedule this morning because I really did think we had a, thought we had a meet on Monday. And it's hard when we have so many meets in a short amount of time. But I was relieved to see that we only had it. We didn't have a meet until next Saturday. So we have over a week off to, to recover. I'd say, to me, that seems like, hey, you're locked in and the girls are locked in into what you're doing here, the training part of that. That's just like another, it's like a meet, okay, we're going. You know, it's, it, and that's how, what I I can see kind of, you know, it's like, huh, okay, let's catch our breath. Let's, you know, maybe you're at a point in the season here where, you know, maybe you just need a, uh, a night off or something. Not night off from practice, but night off from, you know, long bus ride. Yeah, oh, God, yeah. Going to Fairfield is always a hard one because it's a two-hour drive there for an hour meet and then a two-hour drive back. It is always a hard one to go to. A week from tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow. Yeah, 
tomorrow yeah. is here after Washington. It's kind of a neat little meet. I think the girls like going there. I know that. It's, a, it's, it's always the same weekend as that band competition. There's a lot of good teams there. Um, and it's, it's considered a JV meet. So there's um, the teams have more of their younger swimmers swimming, and it's their kind of their final meet of the season because they don't compete at regionals. So um, we do see a lot of good teams and large teams there. You know, the, the, the swim facilities here out of Washington is one that I would contend we don't see. You know, it's like, it's almost like a gym in a way. I mean, there's, except there's three of the four walls have bleachers and they, people look down like, you know, at Williamsburg, but it seems yeah. like there's just more of a, of a bigger school atmosphere than at Williamsburg and it, it kind of, um, it gets you going a little bit. It's like, yeah, it, and then um, they have podiums, so after each event they announce the top six and the top three get medals and the top six get ribbons, you know, so it is really neat. And as a coach, um, the first place finisher, that coach gets to present the, the medal. So um, I've done that a handful of times, and it's a really cool feeling, too. Talk about the seniors here. Uh, you know, they're coming down the stretch, too, and um, it's going to be different next year, not seeing some of these kids in the pool. Yeah, and, um, yeah, these seniors I've had since middle school, and they've swam together since before that, since they were little. Um so I think, you know, coming down this this last month of practice, is, it is going to be um, a different feel for them as that this is their last time together, swimming together. Yeah. Coach, we'll catch you up next week. We'll talk about – actually, we may take a week yeah, off. Actually, week I apologize to yeah. the listeners. We may take a week off and then catch up the following week just because there's okay. nothing in between yeah. here. So thanks for coming on the podcast. Good luck. Go go. Thanks, Ryan. already I, I feel like we just started and, and here we are with 
exactly two conference matches left so uh, on the regular season. Quite a seven-day period since our last broadcast, uh, probably a little over seven days, but seven to ten days since the last broadcast, Summer Daniel, um, national award. Uh, if yeah. there's such a thing as uh, um, Mount Rushmore volleyball player, she's up there after getting her uh, third thousand statistic yeah yeah she's just uh she makes people better she does make people better she makes people a lot better she's very detail oriented very very much into the fundamentals of things um seeing i've you know said it over and over again seeing what's happening on our side as well as the other side of the court um and yeah being the national player of the week last week was pretty amazing to come out of little tipton iowa and uh have that player is, is a pretty huge accomplishment for her. Summer, one of three kids on the homecoming court, Cameron, Carly as well, well-rounded players. I mean, you can go from top to bottom. We're here on senior night. You have five seniors that are um, probably hard to say goodbye to here. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, I, I said it uh, at the pep rally that uh, they've meant a ton to our program as they've continued to go through. And, um, you know, when I, um, I've been here 17 years, but when I first moved down to back to the elementary from teaching middle school, those girls were in first grade, so it seems crazy to see them um, growing up and um, um, becoming the amazing leaders and um, community members that they're becoming. Carly Camberling, Summer Daniel, Bailey Schmidt, Grace Nichols, Cameron Chapman, those are the seniors this year, and they have grown up in this success mm -hmm. in the program, and you know, the last couple of years, they've ended in Cedar Rapids. They want to end there again. Mm -hmm. What are some of the things down the stretch here they are looking out of the seniors to to do? Yeah, just that continued leadership. You know, three of them got to play on the floor. Um, uh, the other two um, are, you know, obviously huge for us this year, and they were in the past, too, as uh, um, you know, that second group, and uh, they've been there. They, they've been on the team for these uh, the last two runs of the state tournament, so, you know, I've said it before, they want to check that last, that final box, and they have a huge opportunity to do that this year in 3A. West Branch comes in 14 and 6. They're kind of sneaky. Mm -hmm. They have some good hitters and they have a few names back from last year. Yeah. What do you expect out of West Branch? Yeah. You know, we, I, again, I've said this before too, we spend so much time, what do we need to do? We, you know, we know what they have. We, you know, in terms of that, we have not seen West Branch at all, all season. Um, you know, it's kind of interesting to come up against a team that you've never seen because we do see each other at all different times. So, but we have not ever been in the same place as West Branch, so you know, we'll we'll pick up fast and see what they have and um, go from there and, and adjust as we need to, but really we need to just focus on ourselves and our fundamentals. It's pretty exciting. It's going to be a full house tonight. What's it like coming into the gym with a packed house? Because you know what's going to happen tonight, and that's got to be an awesome feeling. It lifts everybody uh, on the team. It lifts coaches, staff. It's, it's got to be pretty cool. Yeah, it is great. The community support, um, our fan base, both adult and student-wise, has done an incredible job of being loud. They've traveled with us. Um, they've been at all of those, and, and I look forward to that continuing. Uh, you know, the community support has been huge for the volleyball team. So that's been exciting to see. Coach, we got two more conference 
matches left in the season tonight. It starts the final two. Good luck tonight. Go get them. Thank you. Coach Corner Podcast. We're catching up with Tipton football coach Mark Langenfeld. The Tigers are three and two through five weeks. Coach, welcome in. Thanks. Thank you. How's it going? Good. It's kind of exciting, but yeah, at the same time, I think where I'm at this point where it's like, shoot, halfway done. Yeah. Where to it go? It's crazy. It no, happens every year. The season is flying by. Absolutely flying by. I can't believe you know game six is already upon us, and it's crazy. Since the last time we talked, we have five games in, three wins, uh, district opening win last week. Yeah, that's the big one. Um, you know, those those first four, some, sometimes you're working out some wrinkles, working out the kinks, but um, yeah, district play, that's the most important. If you can win all those, you're automatically in. Um, doesn't matter if you lose the first four. You can be a 5-4 and four team, win your district, and um, make it to the playoffs. Close games. We've been in a few close games, uh, come out win and loss. Um I'm sure you'll take that. I mean, you obviously want to be on the winning side, but, you know, you can learn a lot about being in close games. And like you said, uh, uh, listeners probably know, you know, you were the MC at the uh, homecoming festivities last night. You were talking about, you know, do your job and some of that stuff and, you know, how you've been impressed with the team growing. And I just – I'm not trying to connect too many dots, but I don't know if that's what you're referring to, but, you know – you guys have taken steps with the six inches between your ears. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. That that's been you know my number one, my number one goal coming in um, as a head coach first year is we got to change our mindset and, and change the culture here. Um, yeah, so we had some close games. You know, back week three against Durant, um, we just couldn't throw the ball, and they put nine guys in the box, so they made it a close game. And I don't know. I thought it was great that we were able to chunk off five, six, seven yards at a time. With nine guys in the block, with nine guys in the box, and only using seven to block. So, you know, I thought that was good for us. And then following week, another close one against West Branch, and you know, I that's that's where we. I was very happy with how the team played. Uh, we definitely made a lot of strides as far as you know between the ears and doing your job, being disciplined. Um, we had about three plays that we decided not to do our job, and you know, three out of a hundred and some, hundred and twenty isn't that bad, but bad enough to lose that game. Um, so, you know, we've had a lot of talks with the guys that we're, we're this close. If we can clean everything up and and remember to do our jobs every single play, we can we can beat with anybody. And you were really um, happy after the game with how the physicalness, especially up front, and just kind of how, um, you know, on paper it looks like we have that potential. And s- until Friday night comes, you you – it's just on paper, mm-hmm. and you guys have transferred that to the field the last few weeks, and really, I thought it really stood out with West Branch. I know we didn't win the game, but I mean, we caused them problems I don't think they anticipated. Yeah. No, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump back here, but I won't say I was maybe happy after, after a loss, but proud. You know, I was proud with the way that the, the offensive-defensive line kind of owned the trenches. Um, being a former <laughs> lineman myself, I'd... I firmly believe that's where the game is won and lost. So that is that is one place that we've really tried to kind of stack our team and, and dominate. And yeah, I've been I've been very very proud um, with how they've played this far. 
Um, you know, we've only played the one district game, so it's kind of hard to tell. But looking in district, we have like the top three guys when it comes in terms of sacks and tackles for loss in the district. So um, especially on the defensive line, they are they are really dominating. Well, when you start thinking about the potential pressure they can put on the opposing offensive lines and, you know, somebody's going to have to be double teamed at some point or that might be a strategy a team tries to employ. I mean, we have physically big guys. When you look at them, they're physically big before you even step on the field. Um, so it's just – it's neat to see because not, I mean, small school districts, sometimes we have those big guys, sometimes we don't, and then sometimes we have those big guys, but maybe they're not physical. It just seems like um, it's together on both sides, and it's from here out with district play. Um, it'll just be interesting to see how teams attack, may not attack that, but I mean just what they do. And we'll get into Mount Vernon here in a second because that's our next opponent. Let's talk about Comanche. Comanche is, came into that our game last week three and one and you know they hadn't i think their high point for wins was in a 10-year period was bracketed by two four and five seasons two wins was most between there and they had several one wins maybe even a winless season Mm -hmm. so i mean they they were coming in with a lot of confidence and they had some guys that can move the football and or you have to be aware of where they're at 100 percent. you know uh coming in three and one you can't can't overlook anybody um they, they have dudes. They have a lot of athletes there. I mean, if you look ahead to the basketball season, they're pre-ranked number one. I mean, they're the preseason number one ranked team for basketball. So they have athletes. Um, they beat us a couple times deep just because they had those athletes, put them open in space, and, and got them the ball. Um, I'd say we it was, it was kind of nice for us that we finally got a, a pocket quarterback. Um, that's kind of been one problem for us is people getting outside the pocket and their number one quarterback had a knee issue, so they went with their their six seven pocket quarterback, and you know that that worked uh, I think a, a, in our favor a little bit. A little luxury It's like can't everyone have a six seven quarterback right. backup quarterback? So, but you guys uh, um, kind of traded points there for a while. Uh, you gave up a, uh, a defensive touchdown, however, you guys answered. You know that's kind of the thing. It's like they scored, we answered, and then you know we got to a point where we really answered and became, um, you know, shut them out in the second half, 28 to nothing, uh, outscoring them in the second half. And in between there, you know, Connor Hermiston had a good game. But besides that, the the blocking was as crisp as I've seen. I've seen hints of it. Mm-hmm. But for the whole game, were you happy with that? Absolutely. I mean, how could you not be happy with, you know, about 325 rushing yards? I mean, yeah, the blocking was definitely crisp. Um Coach Fisher called an excellent game. Um, you know, him and I are always kind of on opposite ends of the opposite ends and kind of looking at what the fronts are and stuff. And yeah, outside of a couple holding calls early and after watching film of the of the four, two were pretty questionable in, in our opinion. Um, so yeah, I thought it was the the cleanest game that we've had blocking so far, and it, and it definitely showed. I mean, when you can rip off over 300 yards rushing, um, that's going to take you a long way. Season high, 463 total yards, uh, 137 passing, like you said, 326 on the ground. And another more of the, I mean, another sing your praise moment. You know, we've done a really good job of, I thought this is a, a picture and you can get better and you can argue, hey, we can be better here. But, you know, um, the penalties, penalties in yards and number. Um, discipline, consistent discipline is starting to show through too. Definitely. Yeah, we didn't, you know, sometimes in the in the past, 
Um, we had a lot of drives that we were going for 60 yards, and then we stalled because we had a holding call, and it knocked us back to, you know, a first and 15 or first and 18 or first and 20. And, you know, those are just the toughest to, to come back from. So, you know, playing the entire second, third, and fourth quarter without holding call, is it was huge for us. Third down conversions, uh, again, have been a, uh, a good thing, you know, 50%. In this game, five of ten opportunities, um, you know, keeping those drives going. The bigger guys wear on the smaller guys in a way, and, you know, that's mentally draining for the other team when you guys can continue drives, whether it's you you get points out of it or not. You know, it, it comes to conditioning too, you know. I mean, if you, you find out who's conditioned and who's not. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I, I can't remember exactly what it was, but in the in the first and second quarter, in the first half, we really weren't all that great on third down. Um, we had to punt a lot in the first few, but it, it really came and turned on the second quarter. Um, what happened, Comanche came out with, with six guys on the D-line. They forced us to pass, and to finally get the passing game going was, was huge for us. Um, and I think that they came out in a five front after that on the defensive line, and that, that really opened things up for us. So um, us kind of finding that rhythm with the passing game, um, I mean, it, it goes to show that teams can't just load the box, you know, when we can pass. It'll open it up for us. And if we can be um, a dual threat team, which it's, it's what we've been what we've been working toward, um, you know, these last couple weeks really up in our passing game, uh, I think it, it's going to be tough. And, you know, we talked about this after the football game about how I call it a luxury. Maybe you wouldn't, but, you know, having both – quarterbacks on the field at the same time teams have to account for that whether you're just making them account for it and being like hey you know we have to make sure we know who where Peyton Elijah is we need to know where Blake Wilkins is because sometimes Blake was out wide on some of those plays and it was like it was great to see um you know strategically you want to give as much to other teams to think about Mm -hmm. chewing up their practice time on stuff that we're not even going to be, yep. you know, but that's besides the point. You guys had uh, uh, Austin Lenz rush for 100 yards. I believe that's the first time this season he's been kind of hovering around there, but did top 100 this game. Connor Hermison had an all-around game, and, you know, singling him out is kind of maybe whatever, but, you know, he rushed for over 60 yards. He had a defensive touchdown. Um, I want to see he had the interception. I might be wrong. Um, it just seemed like he was he was benefic- beneficiary of some some right place, right time things. You know, and he had the the touchdown that everyone dreams of. You know, Comanche's backed up by at the one. You know, the old uh, the old movie, all the right moves. You know, the only thing it wasn't it wasn't raining that like in that movie. But you know, backed up fumble happens. I mean, scoring. I mean, it's like it's the same thing if you played Madden football. You know, it's like you dream. It's like those are game changing moments for everybody 100 percent. i mean that's that's essentially what happened to us a week prior with uh, west branch now they didn't get it in the end zone but they got at the one yard line um so no absolutely huge for us connor came out he he has been real i'm gonna call him feisty in practice and games he's just he is motivated for his last year um so him coming out he had a defensive he didn't have a pick but he had a defensive touchdown two rushing touchdowns and a receiving touchdown plus a two-point conversion so he had, you know, four touchdowns and two-point conversion. He was he was uh, definitely a rock star that night. Speed and quickness on display as well. Not only Austin Lance, Peyton Elijah had a big run. Um, you know, 
a fun moment, you know, Jesse Leisure got in the end zone. And, you know, I know there's moments where people are excited, but I think Jesse was walking back on, on, on air back to the huddle there. I mean, back to the sideline. 100%. Like, like you said, uh, you know, we have the two quarterbacks out there. We have a lot of speed. I've, I've been telling you all year, we want to be versatile. We want to make it tough um, to prepare for. Uh, they they thought they had, you know, a really great game plan for, for Peyton when he went to quarterback, and, you know, we moved him to the outside a lot, and they just thought we were trying to get to the edge, and the one he scored on, we ran kind of up the middle because they were calling out Wildcat, Wildcat, thinking we're, you know, just going to take it and run or roll out and gunsling, and, um, you know, we, we have a lot of things in the playbook, and we have a lot of guys to do it, so I told you a long time ago, if you listen back to maybe the first one of these or you know, read the paper, we're versatile, and we want to be tough to prepare for. If they game plan to stop two guys, we got four more we can go through. Along those lines, we have smart football players out there. I mean, you don't have to worry about, you know, they can recognize things. Mm -hmm. It's not like you have 11 coaches on the field at the same time, but you have guys that um, are aware. You know, the the awareness meter in some of those college football video games, you know, it, it, we're, we're more toward the, the high end versus the low end, and you know, that helps too. Yeah, I would. I don't know if I'd put us – I think we're closer to the high end, yeah, somewhere right. in that, that three-quarters range. Um, but definitely better than what, I, what, I, what I've seen in the past here. Um, you know, going back to, to Connor Hermison there, I don't know if there's a high school football player that, that is smarter than, than he is. Uh, he just recognizes and sees things and, and reacts to it. Um, a lot of group tackles, uh, a lot of people flying to the ball and uh, – um, Pack of pack of wolves, sort of. You know, I mean, um, tackle leaders kind of reflect that. Caleb Nairn four, Hermiston four, Jesse Leisure four, Brendan Leeper four, Niall Shut four, Aiden Elijah three, Andrew Comsack three. You know, Comsack had that fumble return that. Uh, um, you know, it's one of those those moments again where it's like uh, big big eyes. It's like hey, and uh, um, was able to return it for a big chunk of yards. You know, Caleb was who I was thinking of for interception, mm -hmm. not Connor. And um, I don't know. Peyton had a decent punting game as well, yeah. and I don't know. It was a good start to district. It is, and that's just it. They, I think after we got going, every single person on the team believed, um, and we just got to learn to start start, and play all the way through with that mentality because um, we've kind of had some some slow starts and dug ourselves some holes and, and couldn't really get out of it until it was, it was kind of too late to recover. Um, so after the first quarter, we got things rolling. Man, it was, it was like a steam engine. You just you couldn't stop it. Uh, you mentioned Caleb Neerum, you know, for a sophomore to come out here and be the, the leading tackler in a game is is pretty impressive. He's been pretty solid for us all year. Um, I think he had he's way up there in, in solo tackles for the team, and he had an interception. Um, and that just goes back to that that route that they were that they ran that on. We practiced it all week. Um, it's, it was one of Comanche's favorites. It's one that we had struggled in practice. We that was that was by far the most or the most ran passing concept in practice that week, and it showed. Um, he, he struggled with it a little bit all week. Connor on the other side struggled with it, and, you know, it, it finally showed up in the game, and, and they were ready for it. Um, so I, I really I really credit my offensive-defensive coordinator, um, Rich Fisher and Anthony Adams. They've been doing a phenomenal job of getting these kids prepared week in and week out. District uh, is, is interesting. Uh, so Several good teams in there. Uh, we're one of three with a winning record coming in. Uh, one of three with a winning district record coming in. Mount Vernon's the opponent. We're home for um, – the schedule kind of turns in our favor in a way. We're home for three of the last four district games, and that's kind of exciting. You know, mm -hmm. this is the year for five home games. 
but last year when there was, I think, one October game, it just seemed like different. Mm -hmm. This year, starting Friday, you know, Mount Vernon comes in, and we're looking forward to it. Yeah, 100% we are. You know, you you mentioned that there's three teams with winning records, but Mount Vernon, man, they've played – their three losses are to 3A, bigger schools, good schools, um, and they're on a two-game win streak. So definitely not one that, that we're overlooking. We definitely think that they are a strong <laughs> opponent here in district. Um, so we're looking forward to, to tomorrow. Um, then you look, we have West Burlington, and then we end up in the with West Liberty at the end. And these are just games that if you can't get excited about as a fan, I mean, the guys, I'm sure, are excited, you know, but... I mean, you know, West Liberty, what was on the line last year at the end, uh, West Burlington's going to want our number this year mm-hmm. after uh, be- beating them down there kind of handily. Um, I think on homecoming, if I remember. I might be wrong. And then, you know, Mount Vernon. It's uh, it's a good end here. How has practice been this week, you know, with the homecoming potential distractions and, you know, coming off a win? Uh, you know, kids are kids. You never know how they're going to react, but um, – how are things going? I think, you know, I said it last night at the uh, the pep rally, I think that this week has, these first two days, it's been our best Tuesday-Wednesday practice by far. Tuesday, the defense was like ravenous wild dogs. We do a, a turnover Tuesday circuit every Tuesday because um, we really want to stress turnovers, getting the ball out. Um, and we, we didn't meet our goal. But, man, if we were playing in a game, they would have had every single every single. Uh, drive for the scout offense would have been a three and out, just as good as a turnover. Um, they were best I've seen him play. Best I've seen him play. That's a great thing to see. Yesterday we had to go inside uh, do the rain. We, we can't tear up our field anymore than it already is. We have you know more weeks to go. But even in a loud, echoing you know um, gymnasium, they were quiet. They were focused. They were they were zoned in. So I mean, I'm looking forward to today. I hope they are again. Um, the week has just been Mount Vernon week. Every every week is is prepare for that team. So Mount Vernon's going to be, go figure, a lot like West Branch, like you know, like father, like son. They're a bend don't break team. Um, they're not going to do many things wrong. They they don't want to give up the big play, and they kind of hope that their team makes makes mistakes. Um, so we're trying to play as crisp and as clean as possible. Um, and yeah, you're exactly right. I mean, I don't you don't want to look ahead, but we've obviously been planning for their teams. And Eliza Muscatine comes next. They have. Two phenomenal athletes. Chase Cruz might be one of the best in the district, um, and he's really, really taking his team to that level. They're four and one, and West Liberty is a team that, or West Burlington's team, you can't overlook. The record might not be there, but they know how to control a game. They know how to rep off four yards at a time and not give you the ball back. Um, and then West Liberty, of course, they have a check with me offense, and the you know the coach gets to see what defense they're in and call a play. And yeah, each of these teams is something a little different. So. Like I said, week week in, week out, we prepare for the team that we're you know, slated to play on Friday. So Mount Vernon, we've been you know practicing a lot of a lot of stuff through the air, um, defensively and, and offensively. Well, I guess you'll see on Friday. Coach, thanks for coming on the podcast this morning. Good luck. Go get them.
Welcome back to the Coach's Corner Podcast. We're catching up with Wilton football coach Ryan Hetzler. The Beavers have another game in the books, and they're getting ready for their homecoming contest this Friday. Coach, welcome into the podcast. Thanks, Ryan. Thanks for having me. Pretty exciting uh, week of activities going on at Wilton for homecoming. Um, you guys had a uh, your second straight road game in as many weeks. You guys are home for two weeks, starting this week with Wapolo. How are things going? Uh, you know, they're, they're going pretty well. Uh, we've uh, we've been struggling here as of late, and uh, but again, I think I talked about it last week. We have some guys doing some really nice things, and uh, the attitude and the enthusiasm around here is really good on our football team. And uh, it's it's always refreshing to get to homecoming week where the kids get a little bit more excited uh, to come to school, and and it's worked out well for us so far. You guys have scored points in each of your last four games, um, and that's like you said, you had some good things with Signory. Yeah. I don't remember. I believe you guys got the ball first. If you didn't, my point is you moved the football on the ground pretty effectively early on in that game. Right. That's something we've been looking to do all season long, and we've really struggled is, is to get uh, positive yardage on a consistent basis while running the ball. Um, and we felt like we had a, a good game plan, offensive game plan going into Sigourney. Uh, and, you know, the first two, two drives we had, we moved the ball uh, – very well, got inside the 20 and then made some mistakes after that that really cost us and then kept us from putting points on the board. Um, and that was that's another focal point this week with our guys that, you know, we got to finish drives. Um, and if you don't finish the drives, put points on the board, it's really tough to win ball games, especially against a, a state-ranked team like Sigourney is. You guys took a 40-6 to loss to open district play. Um, like I said, back at it home the next two weeks, uh, Wapolo and Mediapolis, so some exciting uh, um, home football games come up for you guys. You know, you guys had quite a few yards, quite a few first downs, over 200 yards of total offense, um, you know, double-digit first downs. And, you know, if you stack up the, the team stats side-by-side, you would have thought the score was not forty to six, right? And I'll tell you, if you were at the game, it was uh, we really struggled on defense. I mean, to be just very honest, we really struggled on defense, slowing down their their rushing attack. But we got down early, and I thought we did a nice job of responding. And it was a game back and forth. And at halftime, the game was thirty five to six. You wouldn't have got, you wouldn't have thought it was a thirty five to six game. Um, by looking at the stat sheet, because our offense was over the ball, we're doing things we needed to. Um, and then we had uh, interception that was returned for a touchdown. And in the second half, their only score before the, the cancellation due to lightning was a, a fumble recovery they picked up and, and ran it back as well. So, I mean, you give two scores away. You can't give scores away against good teams. And, uh, you know, we just that – was, that was our problem Friday night. And say so you take those two defensive touchdowns away from the – Cobras and it's twenty four to six, twenty eight six, something like that. And yeah, that's a that's a game. That's a score you can kind of see some positives out of. You know, one thing with this, uh, you know, Sigourney's a, a well oiled machine, and that may be an understatement. You know, they've ran this offense for years, where they um, deception and uh, movement, and um, that's kind of their calling card. You talked last week about how you know they score quickly. Um, they had three of their four. Uh, excuse me. Yeah, three of their four touchdowns were thirty or more yards. A big play, um, coach. They just didn't. They they did. They weren't on the field very much. Right. That's. Um, 
you can't give a team like that who's got an explosive offense that runs that offense. Um, they've, you got to make them earn it. Even if you get them to 12 to 15 plays and then they score, you know, that that's okay. That means you're doing a decent job up front. But um, too many times, too many big holes, uh, missed assignments, missed tackles. Um, just we weren't – our defense didn't respond very well to Sigourney's offense. And I, I thought we, we would uh, do a little bit of job better responding to it. Um, we just – we didn't, and the, the offense was a little bit too much for our defense, and uh, we didn't read our keys as well as we should have, um, and that's and then that's how you get to a 40 to six ball game. So, um, like you said, I, disappointed on Friday, absolutely, but you know our, our guys keep coming back with positive attitudes, and that's that's all we can ask for. So let's switch over to the offense here. Seven of ten from third down conversions. You know, I know the score is what it is. You do too, but that's a pretty good rate of converting third downs. Right. That's you know that's been a point that we've talked about a little bit here in the in the past uh, few weeks is putting yourselves in, in good third down situations. Not many times uh, in that first half did we have a third down that was third and long. We had one that was like third and thirty due to penalties and all sorts of other stuff. But other than that, we did a decent job of being in uh, a good range to convert on third down and. Um, you know, put you in a spot where you can run the ball, pass the ball, and it can really open up the playbook rather than being stuck in a third and ten and knowing you're going to throw the ball somewhere. Jackson Old finished with 59 yards on 10 carries, a 5.9 average. You know, I I watched the film, and you guys, there were some big guys. I mean, he he's a big guy, and he took advantage of some holes there when he had them. Yeah, you know, I, Jackson's a smooth runner. Uh, we're, right now we're working on Jackson's quickness. He's in power, Jackson's got the build to be a very strong, big runner for us in the next couple of years, um, and we're trying to get him to that level. And Jackson, the, the potential is there with Jackson. He's only a sophomore for us, um, but I, you know, like you said, there there's some nice holes there for him to go through. And our, our line is young and doing some really nice things up there. Um, it's just our problem right now is consistency. Uh, you know, every every time we get the ball, we need to, we need to think about scoring, and, and I don't think we're quite there. Mason Ormsby, 12 of 19, passing 186 yards, a touchdown and interception. Colby Sawville, six receptions, 147 on the receiving yards. Clayton Geyer, two catches. Jackson Hole, two catches. Buddy Darting, two catches. And that's also good to see. Yeah, the, the fact that Mason's comfortable enough to throw to four, four to five different guys on any given night um, makes makes you a tough, tougher offense to defend and it makes you, uh, we can find the mismatches we want. Um, and this is just part of that, that growing and, and learning part with the sophomore quarterback. And he's, he still continues to do a nice, continue to do a nice job uh, for us and, and just a tough-nosed kid that's going to keep coming back for more. Defensively, Kale Brisker, seven tackles. Coy Baker, Trey Hagan for each. Coach, you've been on the road the last two weeks against state-ranked opponents. You guys have a couple of days of practice in. You kind of alluded to, you know, the attitude is there, the excitement is there, you know, with homecoming and just in general. How are things going and what's uh, – what's how, how are things going? Well, you know, I, I really believe that, you know, a lot of times, you know, you get down to one and four, it's tough. It's tough when you're – when things aren't going your way and you're not – and you're not only losing games, but you're losing games the way, the way we have in the last couple of weeks. It's a tough road. But I, I got to give a lot of credit to our kids. Um, you know, we come back in the film room on Mondays, and, and they're here. They're learning. They're watching. Um, we talk about character and, and how.
how to get through these tough times and, and things like that. And uh, they've responded really well. Yesterday we've, we've had probably the best practice we've had in, in three weeks. Not that we've had bad practices in the past, but just we started out with a great lift in the morning and went out afternoon and just had a really upbeat, um, great, enthusiastic practice, practice. And I thought we got a lot better yesterday. So, you know, that that's all. as a coach, that's all you ask for is to keep showing up uh, and, and keep putting in the time. And they're doing that, and they want to get better. Uh, and and we're we're taking steps. You know, you're coaching the team for the here and now, but you're also one eye to the future. A lot of these guys return next year. That message has to kind of sink home on different levels as well, right? Absolutely. There was something we talked about on Monday. You know, in our room in film, we have perspective from four different angles. You have your senior perspective, uh, who can look at the season um, and realize that you only have four games left, so you might as well make it the the best uh, experience possible. Um, and go out and do everything you can to go out on top because nobody wants to go out uh, losing games, and, and I think they've got that down. And then our juniors, sophomores, they're, they're fighting for spots, uh, not only to finish out this year but the next year as well. And then, uh, you know, we talked about, you said Clayton Geyer is a freshman on our, our team. Trey Hagan's a freshman on our team that's getting varsity minutes. Um, those guys are also trying to fight for, for recognition to, to be recognized on varsity next year. So, you know, it's, it's interesting. Uh, when you come down to this final stretch of how you get all these different perspectives. But, um, again, I, all, all levels are doing great. You know, I'd be remiss if I didn't throw this in there. I meant to do it last week, but I did not. You know, special teams, you know, sometimes it gets overlooked, you know, when things are not going how you want them on the scoreboard. But, you know, Colby Salvo, 19 punts, 35.6 average. That's not a bad average at all. Coy Baker, um doing some of the kickoffs along with Colby Saville, Adam Crumley. Um, you have some options there as far as uh, I'd, I'd like to think strategic. You know, uh, some kids uh, um, can kick further or, or place it or you need a, a short kick or whatnot. And some of it is maybe you're just still looking to make sure you have a solid kicker too. But, you know, some of those things, you know, the return game, you know, some of those same names, Colby Saville, Trey Hagan, Hull, uh, Gage Rosen ki- uh, killed Carson Willie. I mean, there's a lot of people that have made impacts on the special team side that maybe we haven't mentioned. You know, like offensively getting more touches and stuff. Right. You know, and that's something that's something that we've discussed as coaches as well is is getting uh, some of these younger guys as much experience as we as we can uh, without. You know, we're not we're not going to take strip time away from our seniors that are put in time either, but. Um, you got to run this uh, fine line of balance uh, to make sure that you're prepping the guys for the future, but also respecting the guys' time uh, ahead of them as well in, in the senior class. So, um, yeah, you know, we've just we've rotated a lot of guys in a lot of different positions to see what they could do, and uh, and, and they're doing a nice job when they get there. Coach Wapolo comes in kind of looking for a win too. You know, they're two and three, and they lost their district opener against Minneapolis. You know what they have with the running game, and you know, numbers wise, maybe a similar. And, and you guys, to me, it looks like a good game waiting to happen. Yeah, you know, we're hoping to go out and and, and make it a great contest. And, and as we talk to our guys, you know, I think Wapolo is a very sneaky good team. Their record is two and three. Uh, some of those losses. You know, I don't know. They lost to a good West Branch team, but they led most of the time and just had a few bad series. Um, I picked them to finish uh, second in our district uh, at one point. And I just think I think they have some nice pieces. I think they're a tough team. Um, 
and I, you know, I, but I, I do think our guys are excited to go play them. As we watch them on film, I think there's some things that uh, we can possibly take advantage of. Um, but I know our guys are excited to, to get Wapolo here on Friday night. Coach, thanks for coming on the podcast this afternoon. Look forward to talking to you next week about Wapolo. Good luck. Go get them. Thanks, Ryan. Welcome back to the Coach's Corner Podcast. We're catching up with North Cedar football coach Adam Haydenfeld. Coach, welcome on. Thanks for having me. We are deep into the, the season here. Uh, you guys picked up a big win at Cascade last week. We'll talk about it here in a second. How are things going? You know, good. I think, you know, as, as we've gotten further into the season, you know, our guys have gotten kind of more comfortable with their roles and, and what we're asking them to do and have started to really, really become confident in their roles and, and figuring out exactly, you know, how that, what, like I said, what we're needing to do and how we're needing to play. And, um, you know, guys are just playing with a lot of confidence right now. Four straight wins. Do you guys have some superstitious guys up there that are tying their shoes different or putting, uh, uh, may not showering or anything? You know, ice baths has been, been our big thing for, for a bunch of guys where, you know, kind of back early in, early in the season when it was pretty warm out, we, and several of them had body hurts and aches and pains, and we talked them into doing an ice bath, which happened to be before we played Durant. And then now there's a group of about eight or nine of them that every Tuesday since then they've hopped in another right another ice bath for um, to uh, they, they keep trying to draw in one one new guy a week too, just so they can have somebody they can give a hard time and they get their first reaction to it. So ice baths has been the thing for our guys. You guys have a, a lot of seniors out and can't be more happy for them. You know, uh, four wins is uh, um, a good spot as a season for a lot of teams. And yet, you guys have four games left in the year to see what happens. Yeah. Um, you know, I can't can't say enough about the, the effort and then just the commitment that we've gotten from this group, you know, over, over the last, their, their entire career. You know, this is a group that's done everything that we've asked them to do with a lot of times in the past, not a lot to show for it in terms of results, talking wins and losses, but this group has grown every year and gotten stronger and better as football players every year, and it's it's really rewarding to see that pay off for them to this point, and it's, you know, you just kind of see it, you know, in the way they're, they're walking the halls and just the way they're carrying themselves, you know, everybody feels a little bit better about yourself on a Monday coming off a win on Friday, and just, you know, the their expectations never changed. You know, they've always had high expectations for themselves and expected a lot out of themselves. And it's, you know, it's, it's nice to see that continue to happen. You know, they, they get to go out kind of on this uh, new, new, new normal sort of thing where, you know, now they're looking at district standings. They're trying to look, they're looking at the path forward and maybe they're uh, win-lossing the rest of the schedule or maybe they're like, okay, hunting for the next opponent's information where maybe yeah. in the past they'll just roll into practice and practice. Yeah, you know, it, it's uh, it, it has certainly changed, I think, kind of the, you know, the, the sense of urgency is there that, that has been, you know, as a coach, you're always trying to get guys to understand that or, or want to be a part of that. But it's obviously it's a lot easier to do when you're, you're coming off wins. Right. Um, we so, only- 
you only get nine football games. Right, absolutely. And, you know, the clock's ticking on those guys, too, mm-hmm. regardless of who your opponent is for each week. Yeah, yeah. So it's as we've gotten close to district season and now that we're in it, um, you know, it, you know, it is. There's just there's more of a focus. There's more of a, you know, paying a little bit more finer attention to detail and just you know, the things that you do matter. You know, not that the things we've done in the past haven't mattered, but it's easier. You know, you're more willing to, you know, you know, spend that extra five ten minutes a day looking at clips or you know reading scouting reports or um, doing this that or the other when you know you're coming off of being successful on Friday nights. Coach, you guys are one of three teams in the district uh, with a winning record, four and one. Um, West Branch is five and zero. Oh, Beckman and you guys are four and one. All three one and zero oh in the district. What do you make of the district so far? I mean, Grant one weekend, but yeah. do you have a, a general sense of how district looks here? You know, I just th- I think we've got six really solid teams in our district. You know, you look at the team we played last Friday night in Cascade, who is you know currently one and four. Um, but it's just played a brutal schedule. You know, we were we were the first team that 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 they had lost to that had a that had a loss on their record coming in. You know, their other three losses were to state ranked two A teams, um, and you know I think that's pretty typical of the entire district. You know, the entire district has played good teams and and I think is good is good football programs, um, or are good football <laughs> programs. But you know, I don't think. There's necessarily one team, um, you know, that stands out too far above the rest. I mean, obviously, West Branch is a very good team. Um, you know, they are year in and year out, and they do some really nice things. Um, and you know, the rest of us, we're all, you know, we're all right there and just all figuring out, trying to figure out how to be the best football team we can be for ourselves on each Friday night. A baseball score, but a win nonetheless. Eight to seven was the final score in Cascade. And you guys trailed a lot of that game. Yeah. Um, you know, those bus rides are always more fun on the way home when you have the eight and not the seven, right? Uh, you know, I, I thought just uh, we talk to our guys all the time about, you know, there might be four to seven plays each Friday night that, that decide a football game, decide an outcome. And you never know when those are going to be. Um, you know, our guys are really were, were emblematic of that last Friday night. You know, um, you know, Cascade popped a 67-yard toss sweep on their second series. We had Kid Kale Unruh knock the guy out at the one. He had great effort, chased him down from the far side of the field, knocked him down to the one. They didn't score on that possession, you know. Um, you know, so when they you know, they did score later in the first half. You know, they took a seven seven to nothing lead, headed into halftime. Well, seven to nothing and fourteen to nothing on the night, like last Friday night, with with the field conditions and. Well, that's that's a heck of a difference, you know, one being one score down rather than two. And, you know, we were able to find out, come out, and we challenged the guys at halftime about just it wasn't an X's and O's thing offensively. It was a hey, we need to just execute better and play more physically. And our guys really took that to heart. You know, we came out and had a six minute drive to open the second half, and we were able to be able to score on our first possession. And um, we we you know, we knew going in uh, with the the field conditions kicking was probably out of the option for us last last Friday. So we had already predetermined, predetermined we were going for two, and we were able to get that and ended up uh, able to make it hold up. You know, it, you know, once we got that lead, our guys just did a really nice job of just rallying and playing good, solid, fundamental defense and really rallying to the football. 
Well, let's take a look at some of the stats from this game. Ethan Saar, uh, 94 yards, eight completions, one touchdown. Um, getting close to 1,000 yards slowly but surely, but yeah. should get that this year then. Yeah, you know, Ethan's done a really nice job, um, you know, for the last three years, but specifically the last four weeks. His, just, his pocket presence has been just outstanding. Um, you know, you know, staying, staying in there and hanging in there, making some big throws under sometimes some pretty good pressure, and our guys up front have been doing an outstanding job. Um, you know, Cascade had a heck of a defensive end that we were, we knew coming into the ball game we were going to have to account for, and um, we were able to do some things to neutralize that a little bit. And um, you know, Ethan's just doing a great job hanging in there and making the reads and getting the ball where it needs to go. Talk about the guys up front. Who are they? I know who they are. But yeah. For the yeah. listeners who so, don't see every week. Uh huh. You know, so we we came into the year with three returning starters who are obviously still starters for us. You know, Caden went. Um, he's kind of been our anchor for the last four years up there. He's in his fourth year as a starter, playing on our at, at right tackle. Uh, Brennan Creel um, is in his third year as a starter for us as our left tackle. Um, Jacob Sander was a starting center for us last year. Is now playing guard. Um, then we got two new guys playing a lot up there this year in JT Cash and Braden Creel. Um, JT's a junior, Braden's a sophomore, who have really done a nice job of stepping in and um, have really allowed us to just really solid that up up front and, and are getting better every week and are really guys who are smart but also pretty physical kids and are able to get themselves in position and do what we need them to do. So doing a nice job of growing and getting better there. That opens up holes for running backs like Brody Hawtrey. Tyler Jackson and Tyler Thurston. Brody's kind of the workhorse, 59 yards and uh, um, against Cascade. Yeah. And, you know, Brody's going to miss Brody next year. Absolutely. I'm just going to say it right uh, now. Absolutely. He's, he's fun to watch. Absolutely. Um, you know, I tell people all the time, I mean, we'd be a lot better off with 100 Brody Hotters rather than one of them. Just the way he competes, the way, the way he plays, the way he practices, the way he works in the weight room, um, his expectations – you know, there's a reason that he's able to have the success that he does because he works for it, and he's he's going to do what we ask him to do. And he's you know we ask him, hey, you know, you may not have many 40-yard runs, but you if you give us four, that's what we need. You know, get get four yards, and we stay on track, and we're able to do what we want to do offensively. And um, you know, he, he does a really nice job for that for for that for us with that. You know, he's good in the blocking game. Um, you know, we've got him calling signals for us defensively, getting people lined up right now. And just he's he's a huge part of what we're doing. Kale Unruh, five catches, fifty-four yards, caught the he'll score the only touchdown. Um, Gage Walshire, two catches, thirty-one yards. James Garner, also a catch, and pretty happy with your receivers so far too. Yeah, um, you know it's kind of an unknown coming into the year, to be honest with you. I mean, you know, Gage and Kale and James. You know, all, all played for us last year. Um, you know, uh, you know, Kale unfortunately missed about half the year with an injury. Um, Gage kind of came on towards the end of the year, and James missed most of last year too with an injury. Um, but it's been really neat to see those guys, you know, grow in their roles and, and get to the point where they just they have really high expectations for themselves, and they're able to to do some really nice things when they have the ball in their hands. Um, you know, James had a huge first down catch for us last Friday night. Help us move the chains and, and you know kind of get into some of what we want to do offensively. Um, also made a great play defensively. Had a huge interception for us in the first half. Um, and a couple other pass knockdowns that that were really big to us being able to hold on to a lead. Um, you know, Gage is a guy who, you know, he, he's. 
pretty darn good when we can get the ball in his hands. And I think we, we've seen some teams start to pay a little bit more attention to Kale because he's obviously pretty electric too. Right. You know, the average in something, I mean, I think right around 20 yards of catch right now. Um, so people are starting to pay a little bit more attention to him, which is opening up some things for us, some other people and gauges. Gage is a guy that we have a lot of confidence in to, to be able to go to if people are going to try and take away Kale. So um, it's nice to see that develop. You know, Jackson Sanders is another one that um, is a guy that's running a lot for us at receiver right now that we feel confident in if the ball's going his way. Defensively, Caden went 12 tackles, Brody Hautry 8 Tyler Thurston, six. Walshire with five. Under with four. Tyler Jackson with four. Um, and some additional information. You know, Tyler had a fumble recovery, returned it for 21 yards. James, 26-yard interception return. Um, you know, Brody had an interception return for 10 yards. And um, those are exciting plays. I yeah. You, you kind of bump up against that game changer when you talk about defensive plays, you know, with the yeah. fumble recovery, interceptions, you know, those, those uh, momentum changers that yeah. – uh, make the game play differently from thereafter. You know, and all of those were big plays too. You know, Tyler's fumble return, he, they, they were inside our 10. You know, um, you know James's interception return, he returned it inside their 20. You know, Brody's interception was with less than two minutes in the game. You know, so we've got guys that are, we've got guys that are making big plays at big times. And, they, you know, to me that's a sign of guys that are, that are, in it and playing for the right reasons. You know, they're, they're invested in what we're doing. And they know there are certain times in a game where people need to have that ability to step up and make something happen. And it's it's nice to, we've got a multitude of guys that are willing and feel like they're able to do that. Let's take a look at Kobe um, Holmes. What do you think of him? I'll tell you what, he, he rushed for a lot of yards. Yeah, um, and ran hard. He's a good running back. Um, you know, we... You know, going in, going into it, we, we knew he was a big part of what they wanted to do, and, and he was a good back. But but he ran hard. Um, you know, they run a nice scheme. They do a lot of pinning and pulling, and linemen moving and pulling on on pretty much every snap. And he's pretty good about you know finding the green grass to run to. And um, you know, it was a bit of an adjustment for our guys. Just you know, we hadn't necessarily seen that type of offense. Um, since week one or two, or guys that just kind of want to line up and run at us, and um, you know, and, and have some horses to be able to do that with. So, you know, it was a bit of an adjustment for our guys, but, but that's, I mean, to to Cascades uh, credit, they got a nice scheme and they they got the right guy back there running it and did a really nice job. You guys have West Branch this week uh, at home, homecoming. It's yeah. exciting. Uh, for everyone but football coaches and fall sports people who consistently will say, let's hurry up and press the fast-forward button on the old VCR. I tell the guys all the time, I said, in my mind, homecoming doesn't exist. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, which is, you know, obviously I'm kidding with them when I, when I say it. It's neat to see the excitement in the school and all the different activities. It's it's neat to see alumni and people come back, and you know, we'll have our pep rally tonight where we've got you know, a junior cheer clinic. And, it, you know, it is neat to see those those things um, from the coaching standpoint of it sometimes you get worried about you know the distraction and you know the, the extra stuff going on um, but I like our guys attitudes and their mentality about it right now you know I haven't heard too much of anything about other than focusing on Friday night you know to this point this week and that's we've been on these guys a lot talking about just you know control that six inches in front of your face you know when, when we're here, you're doing football, focus on football. If you want to, you know, when you're in school, focus on school. Um, 
but control what's right in front of you and let everything else take care of itself. And our guys have done a really nice job of buying into that. West Branch has some explosiveness. Uh, they have a lot of yardage put up. You know, they lead the district in passing. They're in the top half in rushing. But, you know, you guys are in the top two of passing and right in the top half of rushing, too. Yeah. So what do you make of the Bears, and what do you make of Friday's game? Well, they're good. I mean, you know, they're good every year. I mean, in, in, you know, that's that's their expectation. That's their culture, and, you know, that's that's, that's a really neat thing to get to be a part of. Um, you know they've they've got some individuals in the Lukowski kid and, and the Trey Eagle kid and their their quarterback has I think done a really nice job as a first year starter and gives them um, the ability to do some things that that present quite a few challenges to us. Um, they got some dudes up front. You know I think you know every year you know you play West Branch and everybody wants to talk about the offensive stats and and you, and, you know and they can do this with the ball they can do that which is all true. But the other thing that they do every year is they play some outstanding defense, you know, and, and you get to earn every yard that you can get and every point that you, that you get against them. And, you know, that that's no different this year for them than it, than it is every other. They've got some guys who are game-changing kids on that side of the ball, and they run a really nice scheme, and it's stuff we're going to have to be prepared for, you know, and accounted for. I, you know, I think the big key, key for us, though, for Friday night is just we can't worry about it being West Branch. You know, we need to worry about North Cedar and do the things that we've done for the last four weeks that have allowed us to get on a little bit of a roll, which is, you know, take care of the football, you know, value the football, be assignment sound, um, you know, focus on the next play, and just not let not make too much out of anything. Yeah, we know we've got an outstanding opponent coming in. They're ranked in the top five in the state, um, you know, and, and everybody knows who West Branch is. You know, we're, we're hoping to and trying to get, you know, people to know a little bit more about who North Cedar is um, or, or change kind of what North Cedar has been you know, in the past. But but we can't worry about any of that out there Friday night. What we need to focus on you know, next or Friday night is that you know, six inches in front of our face. And if we can do that for 48 minutes, you know, we think we'll be right in a ball game. And as a coach, as a player, only thing you can ever ask for you know, on an athletic field is in competition that, that fourth quarter gun goes off you know you're in it and you know you're in a dog fight and you're ready to go to work coach thanks for coming on this morning look forward to seeing how friday shapes up we'll talk about it next week good luck go get it. thank you appreciate you having me on thank you for listening to the coach's corner podcast if you have any questions or comments about this program please email me at conservative sports at gmail.com also follow along with sports coverage in the tipton conservative newspaper this fall for North Cedar, Tipton, Wilton, and Durant Athletics. You can follow along on Twitter with the handle at ConSports. That's my Twitter account. I also have a Facebook page called Tipton Conservative Sports, or you can find me on Instagram as well. Thanks for listening. Until next time, we'll see you at the game.